Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. My name is Joss Golden and I'm so happy that you're here. In this podcast series, I interview people who are passionate about parenting. We talk about many things to do with parenting and motherhood and explore the joys and challenges that we all face in our families. The aim of the podcast is to share more about aware parenting, to inspire us all on our parenting adventures, and to support us all to raise our children with more awareness, connection, and love. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Today, I'm talking all about empathy buddies and why we need empathy buddies and how we might go about setting up empathy buddy connections with other people in order to support us. And this is something that we talk about so much in in sessions as aware parenting instructors, in conversations with other aware parenting instructors, in groups, in communities, in courses that I run. It comes up all the time how crucial it is for us to be receiving, listening, and support, and compassion, and empathy ourselves if we're going to be able to offer that to our children. And it is such a core principle of aware parenting that we also need to prioritize getting support and care for ourselves as parents if we want to be able to support and care for our children. And Dr. Salter, who is, as you know, the founder of Aware Parenting, talks a lot about this in in all of her books. In Cooperative and Connected, she says, one of the most helpful things you can do for yourself and for your children is to find somebody who can listen to you and accept your feelings without judgment or advice. She talks about this as well elsewhere in that book, Cooperative and Connected. She says that if you yourself rarely cry, your child may not feel safe enough to cry with you. Children begin to cry more easily after parents regain the ability to cry. Let your tears flow instead of holding them back. And so we can see time and time again how how important it is for us to be able to be getting support for ourselves. And Aletha talks in her latest book, Healing Your Traumatized Child, about how she says you can enhance the emotional safety for your children by taking care of yourself and attending to your own needs and emotions. In fact, this may be one of the most important things you can do. So, as I said, it comes up again and again. And often when we can see that our behavior is going off track, perhaps we're shouting at our children, maybe we just are losing our way, maybe we just don't have it in us to play with our children, even though we know that we really want to. For all kinds of reasons, uh, when our behavior is is showing us that that this is this is a cue for us, really, that we need more support. And so that is an invitation for us to start slowing down and to find ways to to give ourselves that connection and that empathic listening too. And in aware parenting, we we understand that there are three reasons, Marion's beautiful list of three based on Aletha's list, list of three, too. So we have this list of three reasons for our children's challenging behavior. And that, of course, is exactly the same as the three reasons for our challenging and difficult behavior too. And that is what we're thinking or understanding, what our unmet needs might be, and what kind of painful accumulated feelings and trauma that we might be holding on to. So we really do need to learn how how to support ourselves in these times when things are really tricky. And to see our off-track behavior, as I said, is an invitation to to come back to our loving-centered 
calm space and to be the parents that we want to be more often by getting support. And this is often really difficult to do. So I'm going to be talking all about how and why today in this episode. And I just want to say before we start properly too, that often this is called listening partnerships. And listening partnerships is a is a term that we borrow from hand-in-hand parenting that is based on the beautiful work of Patty Whitfler. So I just want to acknowledge her and the impact that her that approach, that hand-in-hand approach had on, on me and, and also that the the similarities that it has with with aware parenting, particularly in respect of us getting support. So when we come back to thinking about those those three reasons for our challenging behavior, we can often be looking at you know what what we're thinking, or what our core beliefs are, or what information that we have that is causing us to feel angry or frustrated or powerless. And in this case when we have a listening partner or an empathy buddy to reach out to, we can share a lot of these thoughts and and really speak honestly and truthfully in in a situation that we know we won't be judged and where we're safe. And that process can really help us to get clarity, to transform how we feel um, so that we are more likely to be telling ourselves things that are actually what we truly believe rather than these more conditioned beliefs that we might go into as a result of the experiences that we had in our childhood. And and it really takes talking this through sometimes with somebody else who understands this approach for us to be able to get clear and to return again to to what our true beliefs are. And of course, the unmet needs is is a very common struggle for parents. So often we have unmet needs and, and that can send us off track. So often we are exhausted. We don't have enough sleep or maybe we don't have enough support or maybe things just feel really hard or maybe there's lots of uh, conflict in the family. And, and so our needs for harmony and, and ease are not being met. Maybe we just need, we're juggling 6,000 things. And so we just need time to rest and to to stop and to pause and to to restore ourselves. Maybe we have needs for empathy and for understanding. Maybe we have needs for community and connection. And these, it's so common for us living in our culture where very few of us receive the support and help that we need, that we're going to have lots of unmet needs that are coming up and impacting on us. And when we have these unmet needs, just as our children have this experience, it will cause our bodies to feel stressed and agitated, and it will make it like much, much harder to, to parent our children with love and with presence and with patience. So again, when we take time to explore with a with an empathy buddy, what's going on for us and what, what we're really needing and what needs of ours are not being met, we can start to use that awareness to, to take some steps towards addressing that. And often it becomes really clear As a result of having these conversations with our empathy buddy, what we are really needing at the moment and how we might go about meeting those needs. Maybe that might be finding ways to take care of ourselves where we spend some more time in nature and help our nervous system come back into some kind of balance and and calmness and take us out of these difficult experiences of being in in fight or flight in that hyper-aroused state or being in, in that dissociative state. There could be lots and lots of things that we might know that we need to do, but it's only often through talking this through with somebody else who also understands and also has many unmet needs themselves that we get really clear about what we can do to help restore ourselves, to help re-energize ourselves, and and to then come back to parenting 
feeling more resourced. And the third one is about these strong feelings. And, and again, this is such a common a common thing to come up for us as parents because often we have lots of unhealed trauma ourselves. We have lots of parts of us from the past that didn't get to express how we felt, didn't get to release and heal from traumatic experiences. And these things are then coming up again and again in our parenting to be heard. So we have might have really intense feelings of, of rage or sadness or despair. We might feel grief or jealousy. We might feel confused. We might feel all kinds of different feelings. And again, just as we would lovingly listen to our children's feelings, we can then offer ourselves that same loving attention and curiosity and compassion for our feelings by sharing them with another person who understands this approach, who is able to hold that space for us to be able to share whatever is coming up without judgment, without advice, without fixing, but just to allow us to, to find our own way through that beautiful, deep healing process. And it really transforms as a result. And, and many of these feelings are then let go and healed and, and no longer accumulated and affecting our behavior. So yeah, as adults, when, when we get to express our feelings, then we come back to feeling calm again and, and we feel acknowledged and understood. And from that space, we find parenting so much easier and we then have the capacity to support our children more and we sleep better and we feel more connected to everybody in our families and we feel happy and we feel relaxed and we feel less stressed again. So there are so many ways that this is so, so important to help us and to support us. And of course, you know, our needs as adults to cry and to rage and to share, to heal our trauma is, is really, really important. And yeah, as I said, most of us have significant number of accumulated feelings from our childhood that never got to be heard. And, and it's so common that it, it wasn't safe. Our parents may well not have understood this approach. Perhaps we were shut down when we expressed feelings. Perhaps we were shamed when we expressed feelings. Or perhaps it just caused a lot of agitation and, and distress in the family. And so we learned to dissociate. And when we are raising our children in our, in our nuclear families, without the support that we need, without the community around us, without the opportunity to turn around at any moment in any day and say to a person next to us that we had feelings to share, many of us experience a lot of stress in our parenting. And as I said, yeah, most of us learned to suppress our feelings because it, it wasn't safe to express them. So learning to, to reconnect to our feelings, learning to feel that safety that we need in order to allow ourselves to express feelings can be really difficult. And it's through these building relationships and connections with our empathy buddy that we are allowed these opportunities to cry and to release and to heal and, and to reconnect to these powerful innate healing mechanisms that we have, all with somebody who really understands this approach. So, yeah, it's important to understand as well that healing these layers of pain and these wounds from our childhood is a really, really long process. And many of us are carrying around a lifetime of un unhealed pain and unheard tears. And sometimes we might feel that it's really an endless process. Sometimes we might feel that we, we should be done with our healing by now. Why are we still triggered by our children's behavior? Why is our trauma still touched when our kids behave in certain ways? And so 
again, through through committing to these ongoing processes of sharing, listening with somebody else, we learn to appreciate that, that healing is a, an ongoing job. And it's it's a long-going process that takes lots of time. It's a lifelong process. But as we do slowly heal, then our, our pain and our, our challenges become much easier to, to live with. And we often move through and, and let go of painful experiences. And of course, as, as we get better at reaching out for support and sharing, listening and, and offering listening in return to our empathy buddy, it also helps us to learn how to be able to offer this kind of listening to our children too. So yeah, what does what does this all look like? Yeah, as I said, it's it's one of these core aspects of aware parenting to be getting support for ourselves. And yeah, Elisa talks about this a lot in her books, as I said before. Because of course without receiving this compassion, it, it becomes very difficult to offer it to our children. And then as we do start to offer this listening to our children and we can see how powerful it is for them to be lovingly heard when they have deep feelings, it can support us to, to want more of that for us. So we find ways to, to reach out for that support from, from others. And this might be in a formal partnership with somebody. And I'll put some links in into the bottom of this as well for there's an Aware Parenting Facebook group that is for this finding listening partners that has over 700 people in it now, which is amazing. That was set up by Carolina Valencia Coleman, who is an Aware Parenting instructor. And there's lots of information and advice and videos in there about how to find a listener and how to do listening partnerships with somebody else, how to offer empathy to a buddy in this way. And when we reach out for support in these ways, it, it really starts to encourage us more and more to treat ourselves with kindness and, and gentleness and in a really supportive way. And that we do need to take care of ourselves. And, and by doing so and by getting the support, we are we show ourselves that that we're enough, that we deserve love and that we can accept ourselves in, in all of our imperfection. So, yeah, as I said, this might be through um, going through a Facebook group to find an empathy buddy. It might be reaching some, reaching out to somebody who perhaps you're on a course with somebody and there's someone in that course that really resonates for you, who you feel a connection with. Could you send them a message? Reach out to see if they want more listening. It might be that you ask an aware parenting instructor that you're having sessions with if there's somebody that they might want to put you in touch with. I recently connected a couple of my clients who I'm hoping are going to be forming an empathy buddy and, and relationship together. And um, it might be also just coming into the main free Facebook group that there is to ask in there if anybody wants to wants to join and and again if you're if you're in a specialist group on aware parenting so for example there's the, the aware parenting teenagers group that we've just restarted you know if you've got teenagers why not come in there and, and share in there to see if, if there's anybody else who's in the same situation because there are lots of us lots and lots of us who, who need this support and who are looking and taking that first step to reach out to people can be really scary but it's a really beautiful way to start one of the other reasons why it's so important to get an empathy buddy who who gets this approach is that it means that we can share anything knowing that they're not going to be judging or reacting or, or wanting to give advice to us that is conflicting with, with what we really value. 
And when we are practicing aware parenting, we're often making choices that are very different to our friends and our families. And so, you know, finding a safe space where we could share, perhaps our child might be getting really angry and, and it, they might be getting really aggressive. And we want a safe space to be able to share that. We don't want to be sharing that in a space with somebody who, who will be saying, well, it's completely inappropriate for children to behave like that. We want to share that in a space where somebody will just say, I hear you. I hear how hard that is. I'm here. I'm listening. And, you know, we want to be able to have a space where we can share all the things about aware parenting that we're finding hard. So perhaps we're struggling around sleep with our children and we don't want to be doing that with somebody who is going to say, oh, well, you have to just do sleep training and control crying. I remember when my first child was born and I was in a, a parenting group, a mother's group, and everybody in that mother's group were was doing sleep training and control crying. And they they were just saying to me all the time, well, of course, your child's not sleeping if you're not willing to do sleep training. And, and yet that was something that I felt really, really strongly about. So I felt so isolated sharing in that group. Whereas when I go and share things that I'm struggling with in aware parenting with my empathy buddy, with my listening partner, it's so much easier because I feel understood. I feel got, I feel heard. And I know that I'm not going to get advice that conflicts with my values. Perhaps we're having struggles with play and we know that attachment play is beautiful and that we're really, really passionate about it too, but we're just stuck and we're not sure how to play. We're not sure where to play. Having a safe space where we can go in and say, I hate playing with my child at the moment. I just don't have it in me. It feels like another job. I can never think of games to play and I don't, I just, I can't do it. And there's never enough and all those other feelings in a safe, safe place. And then as a result of having those conversations, we then find ourselves feeling so much better, so much resourced. And then we are able to play and we are inspired to play with our children and we are able to follow their lead and, and come up with wonderful games. Maybe we're struggling around offering loving limits to our children. And this is something that's so hard for many of us as parents. I found it incredibly difficult to offer loving limits to my children. So again, having a space where we can come in and say, really struggling with loving limits. Maybe you're not being very loving or maybe you're not being very limity and you're, you're unable to hold the limit. And, and that's really challenging for you. But having a space where you can say all that. And then again, you offload all of this that's difficult. And at the end of that process, you get this real clarity about, ah, okay, I need to check in with myself first. I need to really tune into what I'm willing for for my children. I need to really see is there the feelings underneath their behaviors. And then from that space of clarity, you can hold the limit. You can offer that to your children in a way that's really loving and supporting them to access the feelings. Maybe our kids or ourselves are, are using control patterns a lot and we're seeing that in ourselves or our children or both. And maybe we're having a tendency to judge ourselves or our children about their control patterns. Maybe we are going into fear and worry about what they're doing. Maybe we are beating ourselves up about the fact that they are using these control patterns. You know, there are lots of harsh and, and really challenging responses that we might be having in, in response to their control patterns. So again, sharing that in a space with somebody who really gets this approach is able to, to offer you compassion and, and empathy around what you're experiencing. And then as you offload all of those feelings, all those fears, all those worries, all those concerns, again, you come back to this real place of clarity about what's going on, 
why your children are using these patterns, what's coming up for you, what about your control patterns, what's that reminding you of from your childhood, all of these things allows us to bring that curiosity and that openness and that awareness to what's going on with our children and with ourselves. And yeah, listening to feelings. Maybe we're struggling with that at the moment with our children. Maybe we are knowing that we should listen to feelings and maybe that we're trying to listen to feelings, but maybe it's really, really hard. Maybe we're not really welcoming our feelings or maybe we're listening to a bit and then we're running out of steam and not really having capacity to listen very much to our children. Maybe we're having a tendency to go into judgment or fear around their feelings, or maybe we're having doubts about this. So again, taking that to your empathy buddy, sharing what's coming up for you, sharing about all the challenges, offloading your own feelings, that allows us to have this capacity and this spaciousness to be able to go back and offer so much more listening to our children. And our children recognize this, of course, they can sense that in us. And as a result, they're going to bring more and more feelings to us, which is which is what we want. We want to be supporting them to release and heal. So yeah, when they're resisting feelings, it can also be a really helpful time to go in and share with an empathy buddy, the frustration that's coming up for you around them resisting feelings. And maybe you're resisting feelings too, because often we are on this parallel journey with our children. So again, having a space where we can start to slowly feel the safety to go into our feelings and to explore a bit more. What what are we what are we willing to share? That then frees our children up to be able to, to share too. And yeah, having this place just to share all of the things that we're freaking out about, all of the things that we're worried about, all of the things that we're stressed about in parenting. To a, to a loving, compassionate, understanding, acknowledging listener is incredibly powerful. And of course, it might not be just sort of general things. It might be that we're having a really, really hard day in parenting that we all have sometimes. And maybe we're just totally exhausted and overwhelmed. And maybe we're like pushed right to the edge. Maybe there's lots of tears and lots of emotion in the family, or maybe we're responding harshly to our children and Maybe we're feeling like it's just all too difficult or where parenting's not working or everything in our family just looks so far away from how we want it to be. And as I say again and again, like living in our nuclear families makes it so difficult. We don't have that support and companionship. Often we're really isolated on our own, feeling disconnected without these beautiful loving beings around us. So of course we're going to have days where it feels incredibly difficult and you know again that that's an invitation these days to to give ourselves lots of loving compassion and to come in and share with a with an empathy buddy so that we can remind each other about the 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 goal with aware parenting it's not about raising perfect children who don't have any control patterns and who never misbehave or not having families where there's any challenges or there's never arguments or or conflicts Instead, we we get reminded through these beautiful conversations with people who are on the same page as us. That the goal with aware parenting is to keep coming back to these basics, to be reaching out for support for ourselves, to be modeling self-compassion and self-forgiveness, to be rewinding and repairing when there's been harshness and disconnection, and to be to be offering play and listening as much as we can. And, and again, maybe our listening partnership is also another place where we can be playful and silly, where we can joke and laugh about a life and some of the things that we're finding hard and how incredibly healing that is for us too. 
And again, that supports us to be able to be much more playful with our children. And often these spaces are also opportunities for us to share how how to acknowledge each other, I suppose, in, in the amazing work that we're doing as, as a first generation of parents who are, who are doing this. And, and that acknowledgement that we are raising our children whilst also healing our own pain and trying to parent in a, in a culture that, that doesn't understand or support this way of parenting. So we are so deserving of, of that loving compassion. And when we can reach out for it and receive it from others who are also so deserving of that loving compassion, can be really, really powerful. And when we get support in these ways and we reach out to our empathy buddies or our listening partners, we are modeling that to our children too, that we need to reach out and get help when we need to come back to balance ourselves and that we can show up then to be with our children. And so we are showing our children that this is important and they are then growing up to be adults who learn this too. As adults, they know that when they're experiencing difficult feelings, they don't need to push them down and suppress them. They don't need to distract themselves with control patterns. Instead, they learn that it's okay to have big feelings. It's okay to to navigate our way through these big feelings and to come out the other side. That it's normal to have big feelings and it's safe to feel them and to express them and to reach out for support and to find places where you can share, where they can share what's what's in their heart, what's coming up for them. And so it's really a powerful modeling that we're offering our children to. So I would love to talk through a little bit about how to to do this, how to set this up. And and sometimes that means setting up, having a voice conversation with your empathy buddy and you meet at particular times and you have set time where you offer each other listening, maybe that you might want to send voice messages to an empathy buddy who can listen to your voice messages when they have time and then respond and and share with you when they have things to share that way. Maybe you might want to have a Zoom conversation so that you can actually see each other. And again, you set up a time for that. Maybe you might want to meet in person with somebody else or, or with a few other people. Sometimes that might be one or two or three or four or even more people meeting at a time. So it's about looking to find ways that work best for you. And sometimes that's just having one listening partner. And sometimes that's having multiple listening partners and multiple empathy buddies, lots of support support sources, which I think is really, really helpful. And often when we have empathy buddies, it could be that we really, really have a really strong need for listening and support and for some reason our empathy buddy's not able to come because maybe they're having a crisis in their family or maybe somebody's sick and so having somebody else to be able to reach out to in those moments can be really really helpful and the way I do it I've done it differently throughout my aware parenting life but initially I had a friend who lived nearby who was also really passionate about aware parenting and who discovered aware parenting at the same time as me. And we just used to meet really, really regularly, sometimes with the children there and sometimes without. And we would just talk a lot about aware parenting, all the different things that were coming up for us and offer each other empathy and support that way. I've also done listening partnerships on the phone during these times with a few different people. And at present, I have my beautiful listening partner, Karen, if you're listening, lots of love to you. I'm so grateful for you in my life. And we meet on the phone regularly, usually every week. 
And the way we've set it up now is that we spend the first half hour of the conversation catching up and chatting. And of course, our kids are older now, so we have a bit more spaciousness to be able to do that. And then we talk a bit about our self-care as a way of helping each other to prioritize self-care for ourselves. And then we set a timer. We take turns to go first and we have half an hour to be able to to listen to where we make ourselves available. And yeah, as I said, we take turns. Who Who's going to be the, the listener first and who's going to be the sharer first? And then at the end, we offer each other we ask each other if, if we would like a reflection or some feedback or some sharing about something that they've been touched by or, or struck by from what we've said. And then that's the end of our conversation. So it's incredibly beautiful. So thanks, Karen. And I just want to acknowledge too, Carolina Valencia Coleman, who, as I said, is a web parenting instructor, and she has created this beautiful how-to guide for listening partnerships that I really highly recommend you having a look at. That is on the main Aware Parenting Facebook group. It's also in the Listening Partnerships Facebook group, I think, as well. And that just sets out really clearly how, how you can go about doing this. She has a beautiful quote on there from somebody called David Augsburger who says, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. So I really love that. So in that guide, she she sets out how to do it. She sets out the different roles. So for example, that the role of the sharer is to, to have space, to be able to explore their thoughts, to to explore their feelings that are underneath whatever it is that they're experiencing. They through that process, get access to their own internal wisdom. They're not interrupted. They're not questioned. They're not judged. They're not offered advice. They're not disturbed at all. They're just allowed to share in whatever way they feel called to. And sometimes that's long moments of silence, which is completely fine too. And it's just a a space to, to share whatever you feel called to in whatever way you feel called to could be thoughts, it could be feelings, it could be intense emotion and tears, or it might just be silence. But it is a space to to offload. And for the listener, well, it's the space to offer offer presence. And it's it's similar to what we offer our children. So we're there and we're holding that space and we are offering our presence and our connection uh, to whatever is being shared with us. We are offering them that sense of safety, that it is a confidential conversation, that nothing will be shared outside of that, that is shared within that conversation and within that space. It is to really hear and see and understand as much as possible and to provide that compassionate listening for the person who is sharing. And it can be quite tricky to do that, especially if that's not something that we received ourselves. Most of us didn't learn how, how to hold space or to have space held for us. And so sometimes we have this strong desire to, to speak, <laughs> to share, to interrupt, to give advice. And sometimes we might really have to control ourselves to not interrupt, to just offer that space. So 
you know, we're, we're, what we're really doing is is offering that gentle, that presence, and that focused attention and and respectful presence, rather than interrupting or discussing or offering advice or, or judgment or any of that stuff. And sometimes when we're listening, we might find that our our mind has wandered a bit, and again, we we offer ourselves love and we bring our attention back. And, and sometimes for me, it can be really helpful to close my eyes and put my hand on my heart and my hand on my belly and imagine myself literally right by my empathy buddy's side, listening to her, holding her hand, perhaps touching her arm, but really visualizing the space around her that my presence and my attention is offering. That can be a really helpful way. And yep, we do come from this culture where we think that what we need or what we what we might be offering is is advice and that might be helpful but actually it it's often really unhelpful to be offering advice because it it breaks the that presence and that space and also that one of the things about this empathy buddy relationship is that it really does acknowledge the innate wisdom of the person who is sharing and so if we are interrupting to advise that person, it disconnects that person from their innate wisdom. Whereas instead, when we just hold the space, we we allow them, we allow us all really, I suppose, to know that everybody is the, the best person to, to solve their own problems and everybody else has their own perfect wisdom when they're given the space to be able to share and find their way there. It can also sometimes be difficult to know what to share. Perhaps we feel uncomfortable about sharing feelings. Perhaps we don't feel safe to share. Maybe we experienced it not being safe to share in our own childhood. Or maybe we have things coming up that are really big and that feel maybe this is too big. This is something that should be taken to a trained professional, not just an empathy buddy. And so what I find really helpful in those moments is to clarify at the beginning of the conversation what it is that you're wanting to share. So often I might say to beautiful Karen, like, oh, this has come up for me and it's it's big and it's around this. Do you feel comfortable to listen to that today or not? And she knows that she's safe to say yes or no. And if she says no, then I also understand that's okay. I can take that elsewhere. Perhaps I might have a session with an aware parenting instructor. Perhaps I might reach out for my journal and share some things that feel really big or really private in there and instead bring something else to the listening partnership, to the empathy buddy. But that's a that's a really important part of, of the process. Sometimes, as I said, it can be really helpful to reach out in a voice message, even if you're doing this ongoing empathy buddy structured listening. So it could be that it's so helpful when big things come up for us to be able to send an emergency message to somebody. And I'm really blessed to have two beautiful aware parenting instructors who are amazing. They know who they are. Thank you both so much. And with them, I'm able to say, oh, I'd send a message saying, oh my God, I'm, I can't, I can't bear it. I'm in such pain or I'm really struggling with this or I'm finding this really difficult or whatever it is that we might want to say. And I know that when they're ready and they have spaciousness, they'll listen to that message and they'll reply. And often just speaking it out loud, even in a voice message on a phone, is a really beautiful first step in just relaxing and, and releasing and taking some of the charge and the pain out of the out of the moment. And 
I would say as well that by doing this empathy buddy system, it really teaches us a lot about how to be in in compassionate relationships with others. And so, for example, it makes it easier for us when our when our partner might express some feelings that we we will be less likely to to go into reaction to those feelings and more likely instead to to listen to offer them compassion to be able to hold the space for them too or perhaps it might be with our friends again they might be expressing something really challenging that they're going through and again it becomes so much easier to be able to access that compassionate listening and support and we may be yeah less likely to be to be triggered by what our friends or our partner might be saying and instead we can just offer that spaciousness and that that compassion so one of the big things to remember that's helpful to remember in this is that it, it does take time for us to be able to build these relationships and and to uh, normalize this way of communicating for ourselves so it can be really helpful to to just allow ourselves that time so that we can gradually learn without judging ourselves how to be offering this and how to be receiving this ourselves. It often takes time to feel that emotional safety with somebody, particularly if we're connecting with a stranger, to be able to really share in an authentic way. And sometimes we might start an empathy buddy relationship with somebody and then realize that it's not for us for whatever reason. And maybe we don't have that sense of safety with that person or maybe the logistics just don't work out or maybe we're at a stage in our parenting where we really want to be having this conversation with somebody who's at the same stage in their parenting too so there are lots of reasons why we might want to change or reach out to somebody else and i think giving ourselves permission to do that in a way that is again really compassionate and listening to the feelings of that other person offering them space can be really helpful and and ensuring that when we don't feel safe in relationship anymore, we can find an empathy buddy or a listening partner somewhere else, uh, somebody else. And that's that's totally fine. I think it's also really helpful to, to stay through these processes, really connected to, to ourselves, to, to what we're feeling, what we're needing, when we're needing support, and, and to be recognizing those signs just as we tune into our children and we see that their behavior is showing us that they have feelings to share or they have unmet needs. The same is true for us. So this process, by by having regular listening, it means we're more likely to have capacity for our children and we're more likely to recognize when we need extra listening and extra support in order to be able to show up. So when things are really challenging in, in my family or when I'm finding things really tricky, when I'm feeling very stressed for whatever reason or I'm, I'm struggling to be the parent that I want to be and that I love being, then I know that that's a sign. The first thing I need is to reach out for extra connection and support from, from a listening partner, from my beautiful aware parenting empathy buddies and, and from other people in my life who understand this approach. So I wonder how you feel after listening to this. I wonder if you feel inspired to, to find some more support for yourself. Perhaps you don't have a listening partnership and you've been thinking about doing it for a long time. I really invite you to take the moment now to to reach out to somebody or to join that Facebook group, Aware Parenting Listening Partnerships, I think is what it's called, and to reach out in there or to reach out to somebody else that you know. Or perhaps you do have a listening partner and you haven't been in touch for a while because life got in the way. I wonder if this might be an invitation for you to, to get back into this regular practice, offering and receiving listening for yourselves. It's so valuable and it, it's free. <laughs> 
doesn't cost anything. So it's it's really a win-win. And I, I really see again and again that, that when we're getting support as mothers and fathers and we're getting spaces to share, it really transforms our parenting and allows us to be the parent that we want to be. And I would say on that note as well that so common for fathers not to be receiving listening, for fathers to have grown up in this culture where the expression of feelings was seen as weakness, where real men don't cry, where men don't share feelings, and where all of that process was shut down. So again, if you're if you're a father and you're listening to this, really, really invite you and encourage you to find spaces to reach out. Perhaps that might be to another father, or perhaps that might be to another parent, but to find spaces to reach out, to be able to share and offload what you're feeling so that you can show up and be the dad that you want to be too. So I'm sending lots of love and compassion to everybody listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Next week, I'm back on doing uh, interview, more conversation style. And I'm really excited to share a new conversation series that I'm going to be having with the amazing aware parenting instructor and one of my empathy buddies, Danny Willow, who is a really knowledgeable and compassionate and incredible aware parenting instructor. And we're going to be having a series of conversations on this podcast about all kinds of things in relation to aware parenting. So if there's something you would like us to discuss, please get in touch. And as always, I'm so grateful to you for listening, for messaging me, for sharing the podcast, for leaving me reviews, all of that kind of stuff. I really am so grateful. And I'm sending you all so much love. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you for joining me on Aware Parenting Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To find out more, please visit my website, www.awareparenting.com.au and follow me on social media at Aware Parenting with Joss. I wish you much connection and love on your parenting adventures. Mm-hmm.